Welcome to episode 387 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Those guys. So 387 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm good, Bevan. You're getting frustrated with the new OS, aren't you? It's crap. He, he, he winces at me every time he comes around now. Well, I was quite happy with my good old thing, and now you've... It's, it's, it's my fault. See, that's, now I have... It is exactly your fault, because you changed the pages settings. I didn't anyway, change the pages settings. Well, you updated the new pages. Well, I didn't. The Apple did. Well, that's... You're part of Apple. Okay. You've, probably, you've probably got shares. You've no, probably I probably don't. made millions. Did you buy them at like I have a good $5? Apple shares. No, I have a good Apple shares story because years ago, they were at $75 and it was yeah. like $75 for Apple shares was ridiculous. And I rang the share broker and I said, can I have $10,000 of Apple shares? And he goes, yep. And I, and I, but I didn't have $10,000 in that account. So I said, oh, look, I'll transfer it over and blah, blah, blah. Didn't get around to doing it. And the next, like literally in the next 18 months, they went up to like $1,000. They went stupid, like $800. <laughs> and I always look, every day I'd look at it. Oh, you idiot. So I didn't uh, and Bevan, my, my big dose of sympathy I gave you last week, or empathy, didn't, didn't seem to transform your sickness. You're still not... My empathy I felt from you? Yeah, yeah. What empathy? Oh, I was just, yeah, I was really feeling for you because you weren't feeling sick I was so week. sick, seriously. Last week after the show, I basically worked hard to get the show out, and then I went to bed and stayed in bed for the next three days. I don't think I've been so sick. Even now, look, that was a week ago, I'm still coughing and splutting like you wouldn't oh, believe. Dear. You're going to hear me cough on today's show. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm actually amazed I'm alive. That's that's good. Yeah. It's well, that those, is good. It's all those carbohydrates. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Tell me what. I was and like, mate. I need to stop these carbohydrates. And meat. And meat. I'm screwed. Yeah, so fine. so it's, it's good to be here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for um, keeping me alive, John. Good. Your, your love that you sent through. I just felt it in the air. Oh, well, I've, com- I've compacted this week's show. Have it's you? pretty pretty tight. Well, it's going to get through it. Try to okay, get- this week's show is probably brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Um, tell you what, I could have done with some of that when I was sick. Athlinks.com. I wouldn't have been telling anyone about results. <laughs> Extreme endurance. <laughs> Maybe that would have helped. That would have helped. Yeah, get me through my lactic buffer of coughing. Training peaks. And uh, tell everyone about how poor I am. SLS try. And I would have looked cool in my Speedos. Yeah, could have done a bit of compression there as well. Yeah, probably could have actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. oh well, bit late now. Bit late. Anyway, in this week's shows, guys, we've got a bit of happening. We've got a bit of news. We've got an age grouper of the week. We've got a website of the week. We've got Project 2014 update. And John, don't hear it's a great update this week. Just a little bit of racing. C minus. C minus? So, oh, I'll go into that later. C minus, okay. C, C plus, probably. C plus? Yeah. Oh, oh I, I can't wait to hear about this. And then we've got some questions and answers at the end. Well, we are in a quiet time of the year when it comes to the news, and uh, we have got a race coming up this weekend. We've got Ironman Arizona happening. And uh, Jombo, your thoughts? Last year, we had Nils Fromhold from Deutschland take it out. 8.03 with Paul Matthews, pretty tight behind. 8.04, only just under two minutes between them. TJ Tolkinson in the third. And Lindsay Corbin took it out from Meredith Kessler in a 9.01. And interesting thing from last year, Connie Abraham, her name popped up there. She got third in 9.15, and then she went on to absolutely obliterate uh, Melbourne at the start of this year and haven't heard anything from her since. Mm, I went on no. to, I even went on to her, I, I did this, I thought, I wonder what's happened to her. And She's the one who had the crash? Um, don't think so. Okay. No, 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 you're thinking of that, yeah. that Danish girl. Yeah. Uh, so I went on to her website and that was down and then sort of went on to Facebook and there was a few little updates there and said she's not racing Kona and 
yeah, it was odd stuff. Anyway, he knows what happened to her because she absolutely killed it in Melbourne. Like, just crushed everybody. So couldn't quite figure that one out. But anyway, um, it's a $75,000 race. It's 2,000 pointers, so good chance for guys to you know, sort of sneak in some, some early points for next year, get a bit of money. And, yeah, not a say it's a incredible field. You've got Victor Del Corral, who smoked it in... Florida two weeks ago, uh, see if he's racing, see what sort of shape he's in. Uh, Jordan Rapp, he'll be trying to get some points if he's going to go back to Kona next year. And outside of that, uh, there's not you know any real big hitters, but I think the one of note or two of note for me are going to be to see how Richie Nichols goes because he has been tearing things up on the 70.3 circuit. Like the, his runs, you know, he's been putting like, four or five minutes or so into guys like Tim Don and stuff. So if he can transfer that across to Ironman, he is going to be going pretty fast. And also another name that I saw pop up on there was Matt uh, Sharp. I don't know how you – I always get his surname right, Sharbot or Sharabot, who's an American ITU guy, and he's one of those guys who, who really attacks it. It's good, good swimmer, good biker, steady runner, but he often really just gets on the front and smashes it. So it'll be interesting to see how he you know, transfers across to Ironman if he is indeed racing. Just, just what you were talking about that they have the course record. So Alanos has the overall record, and then seven fifty nine, and then Kieran Doe had the fastest swim. And I was just wondering what happened to Kieran Doe. And I went on Slow Twitch forum, and the you know, obviously this is speculative because it's uh you know just what people are saying. But basically, he had he had some few crashes and a spine problem. He used to crash every flipping race, just about. No, but like cars hitting him and stuff, uh, like outside in training and stuff, and yeah. uh, spine problems. Oh, now, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm basically just kind of reading this as we're going, but... Um, he hasn't yeah. done anything for a couple of years. Yeah, now. no, yeah, so... Hmm. On the girls' side of things, uh, Leander Cave is uh, seeded number one on Torsten's ratings with Meredith Kessler and Michelle Vestibu, so pretty pretty solid top you know, top three athletes here. you got three girls in the top ten from Kona, so that could be... Pretty interesting to see what sort of form Leander Cave is in. She obviously had a lot of injury issues this year, but that could be uh, could be a really interesting race. Meredith Kessel is always pretty consistent. And those girls will be cranking up some points for next year, and, and I guess for those um, got like some Meredith and Michelle Vestibu, you know, if they nail this race, just get it under their belt, they should have enough points for Kona next year. Well, next year is going to be an interesting year because we are going to see some people. Maybe we will get like. Who do we have on the show a couple weeks ago? Dirk Bockel. Mm-hmm. Um, have like Dirk going to do Metaman because Metaman is going, going to be on again in the 24th of August in 2014. And last, this year they put a huge price purse on. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if you get those guys like Dirk who maybe are saying to themselves, you know what, Kona's, you know, the reward for the, you know, the risk mm-hmm. you take. If you don't have a good day, you're kind of, you're losing a lot of income from it. Maybe mm-hmm. like a meta man will be look on their calendars because it's going to be happening again, and some kind of press press money is going to be happening as well. Yes, I think it's a hundred and thirty, hundred and fifty thousand dollars total prize pool. So that's good money, and yeah, why wouldn't you? I guess you always a lot of these guys you just got to balance up um, the sponsorship money versus the prize money, and we often just look at the prize money. But you know, someone like a Dirk or that sort of standard, you know, they're going to get a fair amount of exposure leading up to the race in Kona and, and race week and whether that uh, supersedes how much they might make by going and doing one of these um, you know, steaming hot races, who knows, but uh, it's going to be interesting times. It's good on them for getting their prize money out there, but you know, like it is really great, so well done, Metaman. Jonbo, I get the feeling you don't listen to me. 
quite possible. Because you've got here other news, the third piece down, it's got sub-8 hour. We didn't say Starkowitz was the first US man to go sub-8. Well, I did say that. Did you? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, I guarantee it. Did you go back and listen to the show? No, but I just remember saying it, and you even said, yeah, 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 yeah. You even agreed with me, which makes me show me that you don't listen to me. Yeah. 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 Tell me something I didn't know. Wow. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Andrew Starkowitz, he's backed up after um, Florida. Florida after a really smoking performance, and then went and won a 70.3 the next week. Uh, not a 70.3, Rev 3 Florida against some pretty good guys. Now, what a second was Rev 3, what, Rev 3, Rev 3. What distances so were there? It was a, I'm 95% sure, yeah, it was a half iron man. Okay. And against, you know, Richie Cunningham. Cunningham, who's, was it this year or last year, he got in the top three at 70.3 Worlds, one or the other. Yep. Leon Griffin's in there. So it was a, it was a good field, and he, he beat them by two minutes. So solid effort. Nice work. Mary Kirsten took it out as well. Yeah. Yeah. She smashed it. And she's backing up again this weekend. Jeez, they're just racing guys all the time. Race so Animals. I couldn't. So I raced last weekend. You could have raced for another year now, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah. So why I'd be racing this weekend coming up? Away. Well, if you need a C plus, maybe you could. Well, still no way, no way. <laughs> okay, um, craziness. Botzoni also won. He did so, and he took out the Aussie Pro champs. So that's got to feel good. Suck on that, you Aussies. <coughs> oh, poor old Bevan. Don't worry about me. Poor oh, old I'm, Bevan. I'm, I'm over here. Don't listen to him. Don't cuddle him. Yeah. So what, what's this Pro champs? What is it? It was the Aussie Pro Champ, so... What does that mean? Is it like an Ironman race or a 70.3? 70. 70. 73. Okay. And have you not done your P's and looked, no. at, looked at all the links? No. So he just crushed them. And new race in Maruda, um, no, Mandura, supposed to be pretty hot, and he just killed it. Oh, look at his finish line photo, John. Mm. That is sensational. Mm. And uh, took down Tim Burkle, uh, Sam Appleton, and Jeremy Dukowitz. Who won the girls? And Melissa Holstein. Nice. Brad Carterfelt hasn't quite made the switch, the sensational switch over. He was eight minutes down. Well, on John, Terenzo. not many have. Oh, Terenzo's a former short course guy. Oh, no, he never made it short course. He was always going to be a long course guy. He was five to five, six time world champion. Well, the short course? Yeah. Oh, age group? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It didn't step it up. That's right. He's a legendary long distance guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Melissa Holstein took out the girls from Annabelle Luxford. Are you disappointed in Gangfeld? Sorry? Are you disappointed in Brad? Yes, Brad. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> no, because I'm disappointed he would have been one of the ones you would have thought. No, no, he wasn't actually. Because uh-huh. he, 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 he's, not, he's not strong enough on the bike. I don't think. Maybe he is, but he hasn't shown it yet. He was always one of those guys that you'd see sitting, you know, just sit in the pack. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just the way the cookie crumbles and ITU stuff. But he wasn't like a Bevan Doherty who'd be attacking on the bike and, oh. <coughs> I'm not giving spreading. you any sympathy. I'm, I'm giving spreading. you nothing right now. What about so, Bevan? Are you disappointed in Bevan? I'm, I'm very disappointed in Bevan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why? Weak effort, just giving up in Kona. Giving up? Yeah. He should have won it, eh? He should have. He was in position to, wasn't he? Oh, he's in position to get in the podium. Uh-huh. Needs to eat a bit more. Needs to eat a bit more, does he? Yeah, yeah. But more carbohydrate for Bev. A bit more carbohydrate. Oh, for okay. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Crowe not racing Ironman anymore. This is John's prediction. Well, no, this is... Um, this is what you put here. Yeah, but that's not a prediction. It, it was just like a it's little... It's a fact? It was an off-the-cuff sort of... Um, well, just a one-liner in a, in a story I saw on first, first off, the off the bike. It was basically a story, Craig Alexander to race 70.3 Malaysia. So maybe this has been reported somewhere else and I haven't seen it, but it said three-time Ironman world champ and two-time 70.3 world champ, Craig Alexander is keen to race closer to home after announcing he would not contest another Ironman event following this year's Ironman world championship. So oh. he will start, that he'd be on the start line. Should we get on my legends now then? 
You should. Yeah, you should just send him an email. Look, hey, mate, we know you're retired. We'll get you on Legends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sad way to go out. You know, he's had two crappy races in Kona. Yeah, but you know what? No one ever, not, not many athletes get to finish on their peak. No, it's true. You know, and, and arguably, should have you come back this year? Well, I think he, he put, didn't, I don't think he was really wanted, the year before, I don't think he, he kind of was in two minds yeah. whether to come back or not. And he sort of did, and he's like, I'll oh, bugger that. And then I guess he had another one going, I don't want to go out on that note. And yeah, he's still a great athlete. He's still going to win oh, plenty. Yeah. He's still going to win plenty of races. But I think if you don't have that 100% hunger for, um, for Kona, it's going to be a battle. He'll still win a lot of races. Yeah, oh, and the guy's a legend. Like, it takes nothing away from his career that he kind oh. of didn't finish on the peak that he'd had for such a long time. But it is an interesting kind of. It is interesting when you see these guys who are hitting their late thirties, kind of early you know forties. Like Crow must be what 38, 39 now. No, he's forty. He's forty. Yeah. So you know like when you get these guys, kind of watching them fade in the last part of their career, and and do you become the athlete who goes, you know what, I still enjoy racing. Mm. I can win some races still. He's still competitive and earn a lot of races. Or do you kind of go, you know what? Best for my my legacy to quit now. Mm. Like, what would you do? Uh, kind of depend what else you've got going on in life. Like, if you had something else to, if I had something else easily to fall back on, I'd probably just shift on. I reckon. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, there's a lot of money around his name. Mm. You know, even if he does only race, you know, these occasional races, still probably wins most of them because he's probably classy enough to do that. You know, like as I'm looking on this website here, he's bloody promoting everything that's on this site. So, you know, like he, he's obviously some good income that comes with his name still racing, doesn't oh, yeah. he? Yeah, so it's a tough one, isn't it? Okay, Jumbo, um, just lastly, um, we've got an email from Matt Bins, and he's just saying that Challenge Melbourne have reopened some of the entry slots. They have 45 slots open. Iron Man Melbourne or Challenge Melbourne? So it's Challenge Melbourne here. Is Challenge having a race in Melbourne? Okay. Near Melbourne. I guess that's good detail, John. Well, I don't know. We, we got all confused with that um, Foster, Forster. I don't know. Oh, and the Australians get mad at us about that one, don't they? Yeah. Man. Anyway. We get like angry. Oh, no, Challenge Melbourne. Here you go. This is Challenge Melbourne. That's news, yeah. So if you want to go and you, you, you probably want to get onto this quickly because I imagine it will sell out quickly, but Challenge Melbourne is happening. And uh, if you want to get some slots, get onto the ASAP. Jumbo, NBC. Hold is on, hold on, hold on. You missed, a, you missed the key piece of news that I had in there that you started ranting about, the sub eight hour club. Well, we already talked about it. No, we, oh, not enough detail. Oh, we talked, did I you talked know, about 20 minutes last week, did John. Did you know that um, Andrew Starkowitz was the first American to go sub eight hours? <laughs> no, I never knew. <laughs> first American. In fact, he is ranked now. It's <coughs> weak. Just pull yourself. Oh, it's weak. Pull yourself together, man. Jeepers, creepers. He is ranked the eleventh fastest Iron Man in history. Not top ten. Eleventh fastest Iron Man in history. Eleventh. He has to be the fastest biker by a country mile. Let's have a look at the bikes. So, if we're based on this, this now there may have been faster bikers who didn't go on and run and do a good complete race. But let's say fastest biker based and oh, on, no. went on to have a complete race. No, no, that's the fastest bike course. Bike ride ever? No, no, no. But I'm just saying in comparison to other riders. So some people may have done close to that, but end up running four hours. Mm. So they wouldn't be on this list here. Mm. So this here is is on try247.com. Uh, this is John Levinson, and um, it's got the top basically 33 fastest men's times of all time, and basically all the all the sub eights really. And uh, Andrew Starkowitz did a 402. Now the next fastest that I can quickly see is. 4.11 probably by Andrew Australia. Yeah. 
So he's nine minutes faster on the bike than anything that's ever been done by a, by a sub eight guy. Mm. That is phenomenal. It is. That is phenomenal. Although he must have the slowest run. <laughs> I was about to say that he'll have the slowest run by quite some time. Uh, Sebastian Keenlay with the two fifties, the next slowest I can see down in twenty sixth place when he went seven fifty nine oh six. So yeah, Andreas Rayler stands on top of the the. the the pile in terms of sub eight hours with a 741 with Marino in second and 745 and Luke Van Leerd still holds down third spot from 1997 with a 75027. That's pretty impressive. And Mick has done it four times. Mick is yeah. the person who's done it the most. And I, I, I would imagine all of those are at Rote. So Rote has, out of the 33 times that the, the eight-hour barrier has been broken. It's been on seven different courses. Rote has 18 of those. Uh, Klangenfurt, five. Florida, four. Frankfurt, three. Almera, one. Arizona, one. And Melbourne, one. So, yeah, and Amaka, I'd imagine all four of his have come from Rote. Andreas Rowlett's done it twice. Nico Lannis done it twice. It is a pretty exclusive club. It really is, isn't it? And what's really interesting is that we've actually seen more of it recently. So early on in the late 90s, there was a couple of years where we had four people, but they were just a couple of fast road days, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, really from that moment forward, there was it was pretty rare to see a sub eight, you know. So if we look from 1990, or from 2000 through to basically 2008, there was only happening once or twice a year. Um, and a lot of years it didn't happen at all. And then, you know, 2010 we had it three times, 2011 we had six, mm. and then this year we've had six already as well. So, although I can't see it happening again this year, but um, pretty yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. Um, an amazing achievement, isn't it? If you can get a sub eight, that's pretty phenomenal. It's awesome, but it's not like the sub four-minute mile because sub four-minute mile, it's a mile distance. and uh, yep. A lot of these have got to have asterisks next to them, which is a real shame um, that you can't have a 3.8k swim, 180k bike, and a 42.2k run. So we know that um, Florida last week was you know, roughly a kilometre short. It's like, so do you put an asterisk next to all those names? Rote, uh, who, I don't know if Rote's been accurate every single year or not, but I guess it's, it's cool to look at and it's just a bit of fun, but it's not, you know, not certified, I don't think. Well, it puts custom contents around Christie's 818, doesn't it? Oh. That, that, now, that must go down as the best Ironman performance of all time, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. By Country Mile. Yeah. Or oh, Raylu, it's, Raylu, it's seven, seven. Yeah, it's, it's 41. Pretty, that's pretty impressive as well. What's cool about a lot of these records... So I've only had two guys go under what, sub 750. Mm. Wow. Man, what's that's cool? Mind blowing. The, the most recent ones, what's really I really like about Andreas Raylu and, say, Dirk Bockel's performance and Marino's, you know, they've been solo TTs off the front. Yeah. And that's tough, man. I mean, I had to, at the weekend, I was solo pretty much all day. And that was only four hours. These guys are out there for, you know, 740. Didn't you do two hours? Solo, just... Oh no, C plus, C plus. No, I was just don't worry. Because you're so long, but you, I mean, you're fast, but no, there's nothing fast about me. No, there's no. no. <laughs> so these and the, the, so the, the 1997 guys, you know, they had, you know, as Bevan said, sort of three or four of them riding together, really smacking it. God, that makes a difference. Um, but these guys are soloing it. It's impressive. So imagine if these guys weren't soloing oh. it. Yeah, if, if Raylert and that, if Raylert in particular had somebody smashing the bike for him. 
Unfortunately, not only would he go quicker in the bike, but his run would be even quicker as well. Unfortunately, now because because we got that piece of news a week about his age, I think Rayleigh is going to be one of those athletes who will never win Kona, mm-hmm. the best athlete. And you could almost argue he will be the best athlete who didn't win Kona. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know, like based on his age now, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be pretty hard for him to come back next year and, and win it. Yep. Who else would be better than him who hasn't won Kona? Like you got Jurgen Zach, he was pretty great, but. Ray Lute was better than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, this, this tells it. And, and Torsten's sort of rankings say he is the fastest out of the guys racing at the moment. He's the fastest in the world based off all his statistical yeah. analysis. So you've got other guys who were, you know, often there or thereabouts. You know, we had Pauli Kuru on the show. He had quite a few seconds and thirds yep. and things like that. Um, so no, I'd agree with that. Okay, Jumbo, NBC are going to be premiering. Is that what you say? Premiering? Premier, 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 whatever. Um, the, the 2013 GoPro Ironman World Championships on November the 16th. So this is the the big kind of the sob story that Jolly likes to call it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, did you watch the review? No. They sent us a link. Did they? Yeah, I don't know if it's a review of the whole thing. That's probably just like a trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to have a story about Gordon Ramsay on it. Okay. Some guy MVP Mike Drink Milk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? He, he. I mean, we don't know him, but he's actually pretty famous, apparently. Yeah. His name is Jombo. His name is Heinz, Heinz Ward. Ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had a Rennie Caffrey breaks a record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just letting you know everything that happened. It here we are. I've got the promo and video in front of me right here. Great. Yeah, you keep talking. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those sob stories. Yep. Sweet. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm sick this week. Okay. Um, yep. Let's push on then. Well, yeah. It, when it's on YouTube, let us know, and we'll let everyone know. Okay, sponsor John. We've got, new, we've got a new coffee, haven't we? Albert sent through an email. Oh. Product 170 from Coffees of Hawaii. Just you, looking at their, their page, their, their URL. It's number, one, number 170. It's the Big Wave Coffee. Big Wave. John, you know what it's made of? Big Waves. Yeah, from yeah. the coffee trees of uh, oh, Waialua, sitting high on the hill overlooking the North Shore. High waves. on the hill on the North Shore waves. That's cool around there. Blinder and I drove around there after... Um, Camp this year, so sort of did a did a bit of a lap of um from Honolulu over the over the hill past the now John the Dole is it cause, is it called big waves because it is weird because Hawaii can get those massive waves. You've got to be go there in the right season. So we went, to, I think we went to Sunset Beach yep. and had a swim there, and it was just like this big sort of sloppy swell coming in. But yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty cool place to be. We had a bit of a pause there. We had technical problems. Um, it's back to the big wave coffee. This medium dark roast made from fine beans, offering a smooth mouthful. Oh, smooth full mouthful. of body and ends mouthful, with a John. Mouthful. A mouthful. It's full of body and ends with a hint of almost semi-sweet chocolate. Oh, that sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Cool packaging, as always. We like the cool packaging. You can sort of have that up on your your bookshelf or not, yeah, in your kitchen with all your cookbooks and stuff. Do you have a bookshelf? In a kitchen, yep. It's got all the cookbooks up there. Do you? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Bookshelves. Just incredible. No, because we got we, we had a bookshelf and we got rid of it. I know. Because you know why? We got oh. Kindles. Sorry? No, no. I like cookbooks. Oh, no. Cookbooks, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But like we had a bookshelf in the lounge and, and I was like, well, that's pointless because we don't read books anymore. You read Kindle books. I know we read books. <laughs> I've got some books you can have. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, so you can get yourself a two-ounce bag for three $3.50. Get 20 of those. Or you can get yourself an eight-ounce bag for $13.21. 
and you can even choose to grind. You want guys so you can go whole bean, coarse grind, regular grind, drip grind, or espresso grind. So, Not espresso. No, I did. I got that right, didn't I? Okay. Yeah. And uh, and then what they do is they'll grind that up for you. But if you are someone who likes that coffee smell in your house, that is what it's one of those procedure things. Coffee, isn't it? You know, on a Sunday morning, yes. you sleep in. And you come out in the morning and you grind your beans and it just lets that kind of that aroma through the house and there's that beautiful coffee smell. And what's that? You're telling a great story, yeah. Well, no, but I think there is something called that. And then what you do is you make your coffee and you go sit out on the deck. Yeah. You've got your undies on. The deck. The Aussie, everybody else in the world probably thinks we just said dick. Oh, well, that was. did you see that YouTube clip? I didn't, know. Oh, pull it up. It's absolute gold. And, and while you're on your deck and uh, <laughs> sipping away at your coffee and uh, it was... Um, it really is one of those things that's just kind of one. Of, it kind of makes you stop in life, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It makes you enjoy just the moment. So it's very, very good. So coffees of Hawaii, Big Island, is it, John? Big Wave, Big Wave, Big Wave Coffee. Okay, Jonbo, you it's can- under the hundred percent Oha Coffee sort of area. So someone sent this, put this on my Facebook wall after we were talking about decks on um on the show a while ago because you stained your deck. Yeah, I'd stained my deck, and I went out and polished it once you finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor old Bill, eh? Poor old You can't make me laugh today, man. I'm, okay. I'm not in a good place. And, uh, and um, wait a second, keep talking because I've got to pull it up. You keep talking. So it's the winter when they've got the big waves there. You've got Bonsai, Pipeline, Sunset Beach. I can't remember if the bit we were talking about before got cut off, but yeah, I had a little swim at Sunset Beach this year. Did you? Kind of cool. Was kind it good? Cool. Yep, I was getting a little bit worried. What's the biggest wave you've ever caught? Oh, they're not actually. I mean, you know, it's like when, you, when you're looking out at waves and you're thinking, Oh, they don't look very big, but you get out there and it's like, holy crap. Yep. So I don't know, a metre and a half. Okay, watch this now. I'll put it on so you guys can hear in the background because it is pretty funny. So this is, a, I think it's from a TV show mm-hmm. and uh, and they're just taking the crap out of the New Zealand saying dicks. So uh, listen to this. I'm just going to turn it up. Here we go. Here we go. Mike's over here. It's taking a while to come on. Here we go. It goes for about two minutes. Well, if you're like me, you find it very hard to keep your dick dry. Oh. I left my dick unprotected and it was warped out of shape in no time. I could barely recognise my own dick. Imagine that. Then I discovered Schaefer's New Zealand style dick sealant. The best way to take care of your dick in three easy steps. First, wash your dick with soap and water. Then, wait for your dick to dry. Once your dick is clean and dry, paint your dick with Schaefer's dick sealant. I used to be too embarrassed to invite people over to see my dick. By now, my dick's the talk of the town. I even have pictures of my dick. Check out that dick. I'm going to send this to my secretary. Barbara always loves to receive my dick pics. After all, summertime is all about spending time on your dick. I'll often have 20 to 30 people on my dick at once. That can really wear your dick out, causing dick splinters and discoloration. But with Schaefer's dick sealant... Anyway, it's good. It's very entertaining. It's good. Very entertaining. Our dicks. Our dicks. Anyway, wait, wait, wait. So after sponsor John, what were we talking about? Oh, what have I done here? Oh, oh goodness. Computers, I know, I know. It's the operating okay. system. It's I the operating know, system. It's the operating system. I know it's not the sharpest show, guys. I'm sick. Okay, so what we're doing is we're putting, what we're doing is we're fundraising for Kona. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to sell an ebook. And in doing the ebook, what we are doing is you guys are basically doing all the work. We're going to put. Oh, it's 50 50. Oh, wow. We're doing 10 tips. They're doing 10 tips on each area. Oh, are we? Yeah, we are. Oh. Uh. 
Great. Yeah. And uh, in that 50-50 deal, and what basically is we're going to put together a book, we're going to sell the book, and if you buy the book, you then you go into the draw to win the trip to Kona. So we're going to let you know more about that over the next few weeks. But what we are doing over the next few weeks as well is to set up the book. And basically this week we asked the question, John. Tips on how to get yourself to Kona. How to qualify from guys who have probably been there saying, what did you do? What made the big difference for you to be able to make it to Kona and make that step up. How do we how do we actually choose who's going to be in it, John? We just I'll just pick ten. There's not many more than ten. I mean, guys like Richard Swan who's written a book, that ain't making it, Swanee. We need bullet points. Oh, he's got lots of tips here. Okay, we'll, we'll cut, a, cut and paste one or two of his good ones out of there. Okay, let's go, Jumbo. Uh, Gary Fegan said, Be realistic. Unless you have a God-given talent, it will take three years of solid and consistent training to realise the goal. There's no shortcuts. That's not much of a tip. Well, it's, it's, it's just like break your heart. Yeah, it's just like having having a good, solid... Andrew Kerr's gone, why didn't we do the cookbook? Well, that's not constructive. I know, but come on, John. You How many years ago did you promise the cookbook? I never promised anything. You I did so. You even started a spreadsheet. Yeah. I bet you in your files, because John's pretty good at filing, I bet you there's a cookbook. Actually, I'm going to look it up right now. There is, actually. Yeah, see? see? It'll get done one day. Uh, got good old Ron, Rob Cummings. He's got to be consistent and try not to miss a session. Number two, get a coach who knows that what's required to get to Kona, and if possible, get one that you can meet with face-to-face each week, then trust in what they are told. Uh, get your family and partner on board. 90% of qualifying takes a huge amount of time and quite a lot of money. If you don't have the support at home, it will fall apart before you get to Kona. And then number four, volume. Training a lot's worked for me. Uh, Borden Dental. Um, it's a great name. <laughs> love the training. No one either has to, has to make a kid go to play. Michael Yeager's got what about the cookbook? Good. Good on you. <laughs> you can pub- publish it if he wants. <laughs> He just got angry. <laughs> oh, uh, Brian and Joe, sufficient calories and electrolytes on race day. Doing more aerobic rides and not always pushing myself to the limits. Good old uh, Carol Cooper, visit the volcano and take a walk down into the crater. Oh, some of, see, some of the some people didn't read the question. You put a big long post in there for people to read. I think some of them got a bit confused. They sort of went for everything in one. Well, note. I did no, but they didn't read the post. John. I, Don't I blame agree. me. I agree. Yes. I agree. Yes, read Carol. the whole post, team. Yeah, Carol. Yeah. Um, swim, bike, run injuries. He's got to get the okay from the wife for all the loss of family time used for training. I can't pronounce your surname, Stephen. Stephen, Dean. Wait a second. Where is it? Oh, it is a tough one, isn't it? Eat less, train harder. Ignore, ignore. Eat less, train harder. Recommendations. Here we go. What's this one? Try cinnamon raisin bagels with vanilla. Stefan Dan. 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 Yeah. Try cinnamon raisin bagels with vanilla macadamia nut coffee. That's gonna make a difference. That's gonna make a difference. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have a technical problem. Um, okay. Yep. Um, who else we got here? Jumbo. Um, Ross. You go. In. Tanoli, include the Newsome three-year plan. Nice. Get on nice. It. Richard Swan's got quite a few tips here. He's got don't start swimming bike training until four months out. If possible, don't enter until three months out. Lose a few weekends in November and December, e.g. due to social excesses, heavy drinking. Do a half Ironman six weeks out. Do horribly and panic. Prepare yourself for a brutal running race where the best way to prepare you is by being as strong as possible on the bike. So make sure that you do two long rides every weekend and if possible, use public holidays and you'll leave to get an extra long ride in. Six, laugh at triathletes whose coaches make them do track work. 
he doesn't like that. He gets mm. a bit upset by that. Uh, it's okay. He's like a fantastic runner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one, one long run at a solid pace is enough. Obviously, this is what he did. Yeah. And he's still qualified. Yeah. He's, but he's got given, given talent. Exactly. He was born this way. Yeah. So, Frank Lee just says, listen to I am talk. Yep. And then lastly, I've got club captain, mm-hmm. supportive husband, focused training, which I enjoyed. Remember, once you get out there, don't spaz over yourself out running down a Leahy Drive during race week, which is true. That's skipping ahead, you see. This is about how to qualify. Okay. And if I'll, I'll go for the final one, Gary Fegan, because he had the two best comments I thought of the week. Understand the level of sacrifice required to get to the standard required. Then really think, do you want it enough? And he obviously did want enough because he qualified the, the next year. Is he going next year? Yeah, because he qualified at Tahoe. Good stuff. So he's, so come, he's coming to camp in Canada with me, and then he's going to be in Canada. So is he Epic Camp, is he? Yeah, Canada, Ooh. across the Rockies. It's not Epic Camp Light. That is not Epic Camp Light. This no. is Epic Camp Full Monty. Full Monty. Plus. Full Monty Plus. Plus. It's back to the 12 days. Even 12 days again, eh? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be old school crazy? Like how we used to do it? It's going to be probably more biking than what we used to do. It's going to be some big days at the office. I'd hate to have to do Epic Camp right now. I would die. It's going to be awesome going through it. As long as we don't get eaten by bears, it's going to be awesome. That is, that is a concern. It is. Yep. Who's, who's on it? Who's sharp? Oh, this is a guy called John Newsom. He's pretty, yeah, pretty he's, amazing. Yeah, C plus. If he pulls out his A game. Yeah. Uh, Marky P. Marky P's got to be yeah. on it, is he? Eric, Big Eric. Big Eric's making a comeback. Big Eric's on the, on, on the comeback. Is, is the Albanator? Uh, no, he was, but he's not now. Because he retired, that's right. Mm-hmm. What about good old Molina? Molina should be there. He's racing next weekend. In my, you, you're going to be commentating on Molina. This will be a first for you, will it? Commentating? On, yes, it is, I He's think. racing in the Elite Cup. Oh, it's really? the Molina Masters Challenge. The Molina? How does that work? Uh, so Molina's 53, yeah. and everybody younger than him has to beat him by 10 seconds per year, and anybody older than him gets plus 20 seconds. I reckon it's, it's not very fair to Molina. 10 seconds by year. Oh, so for example, if you if you were going to race I'm him... I'm 36. 36. So that's what? So it's 17. So you'd have to beat him by nearly three minutes over, over, uh, over a race that's probably going to be 45 to 50 minutes long. Okay. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, you'd have to be pretty sharp. I reckon right now I probably couldn't because mm. I'm not that good right now. Yeah, but if I train, I'd someone like Axel man. works quite well because Axel's fast and he's 45. Oh, so he's only nice. gonna, Axel's only going to beat him by about a minute and a half, which he'd, he'd do pretty easily. Yeah, but anybody sort of in the 30s, that's going to be hard be for me fast. to commentate. Why? Well, because I have to calculate. Oh, it's not that hard. Oh, man, poor me. Yeah. Okay, hopefully I'm all right by then, John, because I've been pretty sick. You'll be right. You're, yeah. A week and a half. You got 12 days. Yeah. Good. Okay, well, so this week's question. So we, now we've got our tips to getting to Kona. It wasn't gold this week. I don't think it was gold. No gold, guys, mm. other than Gary Fegan. Mm. Fegan, you delivered. The rest of you sharpen up. Swanee, we don't want to hear your sob story about how you're a legend because you didn't even try that hard. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> we want to hear what are your top tips for doing well in the Hawaii Man. So in the race, tips for in the race. Come race day, why are you going to kick butt in Hawaii yeah. Ironman? Well, more, more why have you? What, you know, rather than speculate... Okay, what have what, you, are the what tips? have you done in the race that's worked extremely well for you? So if we've got people going next year, they can go, right, he said walk up Palani Hill or have a plan to smoke Take it, it easy out of on the energy. bike. Yeah, I'll be a bit more specific oh, than okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So top tips John, before doing the race. what's your tip? Sorry? Well, we're going to save them for the book. No, right? for this one. Okay. Oh, we're going to give, some, give them something now, okay, one give each. Give me something. Okay, now I've got a whole list here. I've started my list. Oh, wow, that's good. I might just take my name on yours. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't started in this section actually. 
done everything else but the section. I've got my tips for race week. I've got tips for outside the race. Okay, you just make one up. Make one up. Okay, top uh, tips for getting to Kona. Try to qualify as early as you possibly can. That's not really. That's not really. No, it doesn't really work because the problem with that is you often just do your local race. Mm. Mm. But uh, it is true if you if you, you definitely want to do it before August. Yep. Uh, plan to have two half Ironman races as part of your build up, and I would say my tip would be take six weeks off work in your key training time if you can. Take a big chunk of time off work. Yeah, you just got you've got to balance that up whether you go six weeks off or whether you go. You have two days a week off or two half days a week. Taking six weeks off is a big call. Yeah, but if you can do it. Yeah, if you can do it. Yeah, you know, like if if you're racing, I mean, New Zealand, and you can end up taking most of, you know, December, January off, Mm. then, and you can do some real high volume stuff in there, Mm. it's going to set you up pretty good for home in New Zealand. I'd be inclined to say two half days a week. If you do that consistently for 15 weeks. Okay, fine then. That'd be Take time off work. Two two, two half days a week for your main Ironman build up. And then I think probably the one other thing is I think people people don't do is, is have a race plan. Is that that's, that's, oh yeah, I suppose it's to get you to, to get you to code. So if you've got a race coming up, don't just speculate in your head what you think you're going to do. Just do some bloody homework and then like and, and and have it all written down what you're going to do and then stick to your plan. And then I guess the final other thing, if you're just sort of thinking, am I good enough good enough to get to Kona? Start doing the maths and have a bloody look at your events, the event where you're going to qualify, and sort of see where you're at and what you've got to do to get there. John, I've got another one. Mm-hmm. Spotters on the course. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with Ironman is you don't know what's happening in front of you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's always hard to know where you are in the field. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got your friends out on the course on this run and you could say, look, you know what, you're in 10th place, mm-hmm. you kind of, in theory, figure out you need to be in top six to guarantee your slot, then that will give you the motivation to push to the next level. Yeah. So this book is going to be amazing. I read a good thing in, where was it, somewhere? Yesterday I'm reading this, this new book. And What's it called? Uh, it's just been released. It's by a guy who's run like seven marathons and he also crashed a plane and survived. Oh, survived. is that the Kiwi guy? Yeah, Mike Allsop. He's Usana, isn't he? No, I don't think Yeah, he is. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Usana. Oh, I haven't got to that part yet. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh I think he had somewhere in there pretend yeah you know, being pretend you're being chased by a tiger or something, and uh, and your natural sort of instincts will kick in. So on the on the in the back part of the run, pretend you're being chased by a tiger or a scary bear or something, and you'll you'll see that would work. Do you I'm going to try it. You think really? Yeah. <laughs> because to me that seems like a bit of a Mickey Mouse strategy. I don't know. Because the problem is you get chased by a tiger. What you do? You sprint for about twenty seconds. Yeah. No, I'm saying and when the when the when it comes to crunch time in the final quarter of the run. I was thinking a bear because I was I was with you. Yeah, tiger, you're just going to sprint. But if it's a bear sort of loping after you, you might just speed up. You know, ten seconds a k. I'll be fascinated. The bear strategy, we'll call it. Mm. Okay, you have to do the bear strategy. I'm, I'm curious. To be honest, I don't think the bear strategy is a very good strategy. I'm going to prove you wrong. Well, yes. Okay, I look forward to you proving me wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, so this week is the tips. Listen, 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 Carol. Listen, <laughs> tips in the race. Listen, Carol. Listen, okay, I've got a story about Carol actually. Oh, really? Tell, <laughs> tell the story. Do you know Carol? Yep, she was at the race at the weekend. How'd she go? Uh, not very well, I don't think. Uh, she, it was bloody cold. Uh, no so, one well, poor so, didn't go well, or that he was sick. So she wanted some extreme endurance. So I said, Yeah, I'll bring it down to the race. And uh, I was driving down the race, and I thought, Shit, 
You forgot it, didn't you? No, I haven't taken my extreme endurance yet this morning. What? So you took hers? <laughs> I opened one pack, took four tablets out, got down there. She had she was having two packs, and I said, "Look, I can post you some more, or you can have this pack. It's a second pack that's had four tablets out of it." And what'd she do? She took the pack. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you give her a discount? I did. Oh, that's right then. Yeah. Yeah. She got she did well out of it. Okay, that's all right then. Hmm. Oh, she's got a lovely photo of her here. And she had. Uh, I just saw her Facebook page. If you look at face, she's like outside the Kremlin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, she looks lovely. She's got short shorts on. And she had, I don't actually see her out Some on the course. looking legs there, Carol. She had uh, the new I Am Talk uh, SLS tri-suit. Oh, did she? Which I think she had a two-piece, but I didn't see her out on the course. So. She travels a lot. Mm-hmm. Look at this one. Where's that? It's a beautiful spot, isn't it? Mm. Looks like Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Oh, she's even met Lance Armstrong. Oh. There she is. Look at that. Her and Lance. <laughs> the Wax Museum. Nice. He's a cheat. You see those little lines in his arms? Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, sponsor, John. So this weekend coming up, we have, <coughs> the, have Ironman Arizona. And one thing you can do on Athlinks is you can add events to your calendar. And there's a lot of people on Athlinks that are racing uh, racing in Arizona this weekend. And that, what they do there, you've got your RPI, which is your recommended, uh, your sort of predicted where you're going to finish in your age group as a, as a percentage, and then they've got your PR and your average and your goal. So we've got Andrew Soundry to, on top there. His PR is 10.57, average 10.57, and he's going for a goal of 11.59. Nice. Goodness, one hour slow, Andrew. Come on, pick up your game. Pick up your game. You just We'll just randomly pick a few out of here, Bevan. Okay, you keep talking because I haven't pulled it up. Okay. Uh, Scott Taylor from Long Beach, California. That'd be a good place to live, wouldn't yeah. it? He's got an average time of 11.59. He's going for 11 hours. Nice wow, that's a big step up. Who's, who's, who's going fast? Tim Perkin from Chicago. Totally know Tim Perkin. Do you? Well, I'm pretty sure he's a listener. Okay. Yep. He's uh, got a PR of 9.58. He's going for 9.39. Wow, that's a big step up. It is. Milton uh, Bonalos from Toronto. He's got, uh, Tim's really interesting because Tim's PR, he's got the sub-10, but he averages 11.36. So he's obviously had a couple of really good performances. A couple of explosions. Yeah. Well, always just progress. Progress, nicely. yeah, it's nice. you got Milton Bonilos, uh, uh PR of 10.46. He's going for 9.59.59. That's all you want, that sub-10, isn't it? It is. And then we'll Henry Skip Slade. What's going on there, Henry? You've got a PB of 11.46, and he's only going for, aiming for 13.09. There's lots of people on athletes in this race, aren't they? I know. Hey, good old Jim Jensen. He's done a 16.59. He's going for a 15. Mm-hmm. Love your work. Nice. Love your work. And Laura Mercer from Henderson, Nevada. PR of 13.37. She's going for 13 hours. Should be aiming for 12.59. Rich Swords. He's a listener as well, I'm pretty sure. He's done an 11.58, so he's got that 12 sub 12. Now he wants to go sub 11.5. Game nice. on. And a couple more. We've got Bill Rumley. He's going for 16 hours 30. Come on, Yep. What's the worst ever when you've ever had like someone come up to you and they've done like their first race and then they've come up to you with their, their next goal, which is just so unrealistic? What's the worst you've ever had of that? You know, someone's gone and done 15 hours and they go, come up to you, oh, oh. aiming for a sub nine. Yeah, no, yeah, they want, they want to get to 10 hours, sub, sub yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably about it. It's not not nine, but I want to get sub ten. And I've done about fifteen. Yeah. And what, yeah. what do you say in that situation? Just smile and nod. <laughs> yeah. We'll get you there one day. Good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck with that. That's be, good. As, as per ve, ve, vegan's advice, be realistic. Who? Vegan. Uh, vegan. Vegan. <laughs> vegan. Imagine if he was a vegan. <laughs> okay. Vegan. 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 The vegan. Love it. 
Okay, let's put some music on. Maybe I should make that a compulsory thing for him on Epic Camp in Canada. He's got make to, him he's vegan. Got to, he's got to eat vegan all There's week. No, when you're vegan, you're skinny ass. Yeah. When you, 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 you need so much food when you're vegan. He needs to be light for Kona, you know. He's got to... Yeah. What you, what probably... Bill Hagen, Arizona, is aiming for 16, 6, 59, 59. He wants to get the full money's worth That's right. There. He's making the most bad return on investment. <laughs> He'll it's come huge. in from the finish and he'll have his pockets full of gels and yeah, stuff right. he's picked up off the he'll drinks have to feed the, the family for a week. Yeah. He'll have like one of those lights, you know. Yeah. Um, they're making no profit on me, he'll say. Yeah. That's right. Okay, here's some music. Age group of the week. Good old Belle Fong, sent through this one. She's going, I'm sure you guys have an outpouring of emails coming through about the Kona race, but I'd like to nominate a true Aussie champion. We don't really have an outpouring, so keep a few more coming in, people. Yeah, okay. Kath Thiel is our age group of the week. I know Bevan isn't very good at pronunciation, so her surname is Pierre. It's Thiel, isn't it? You yeah, you got it right. Well done. Yep. Okay. You and your listeners uh, may have given her the website of the week some love in the past. She is the creator of ironchicks.com.au based here in Queensland. I really wanted to share some things about her race and draw your attention to her recent rapes report, which she posted on her site after Kona. I was fortunate enough to make the big trip to the Kona, uh, to the Big Island this year for the first time. I met Kath briefly during the body marking where I was a volunteer and later out on the course. I'd heard about her website through WhatsApp, WITSUP.com, an Australian site promoting women in triathlon, and started following her on Instagram not long afterwards. Do you do Instagram, John? No. You do sometimes. Uh, yeah, blunt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Cast Race Report shows uh, that was she. We completely embraced the whole Kona experience. It was so heartfelt and well written. And I wanted to make sure that all your listeners, especially the females, read about her race in Kona because it was so inspiring. She even gave a thank you present to her trans. Thank you or thank you? Did I say thank you? Yeah. Oh, sorry, thank you. Present for her transition volunteer hackle is that she has such a huge impact on me after our brief meeting and high fives on the course. But after reading her race report, I now have even more admiration and respect for her. She swam a 106, biked four, I mean, sorry, 524 and ran a 348 for a finish time of 1024. Solid. Yeah, that is pretty solid. Uh, the fact that she finished in under 10 and a half hours is such a credit for her as an athlete, and that's why she deserves Age Gripper of the Week. I hope more and more people will visit her site and support the amazing things she is doing for women in triathlon. She has given us middle of the packers, so it's a slight glimmer of hope in getting to Hawaii. Thanks for acknowledging her efforts. We need more people like her in the sport. And so her name was, what was it? Kath Thiel, and her website is ironchicks.com.au, and I'm just going to pull that up right now, John. You, yep. You, you pulled it's up? It's got a nice, uh, yeah, it's just got, got a nice recipe there, healthy nut slice. Oh, you like recipes, don't you? I love my recipes. And we've had this, we have had this as a website of the week before, and it's just, from memory, it just went through, it had a whole bunch of just good, really good sound advice and, and some good woman-specific things as well. Yeah, and just as like she's someone who's really decided to put a lot back into the sport, and uh, you know, like it's it's you know we 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 like I read a piece a while ago. It's really interesting when you're a content writer that you you know when a piece hits. You know, like you you'll write a piece and sometimes you'll get you know some feedback on it, and then occasionally you'll do a piece and it just really hits and you get a lot of more, you know get a huge amount of feedback on it. And the the piece was you know you become the inspiration and that 
the real people who inspire in our lives are people we actually see and are surrounded by. And it sounds like Kath is one of those people who has decided that, you know, she knows she has influence and she wants to make the world a better place. And through this, she's really helping people achieve bigger things. And so it's really, really great, eh? Got, we, can, we, can, uh, we can get something from this website, Bevan. Places to visit when in Kona for the Iron Man. Oh, there see? you go. We can just copy and paste and we can go there. Or if you don't know anything about Kona and you want to post something on our Facebook page, you can just... Steal something off this website. But then give it some credit. Yeah. One, one thing she's saying is, she's got a little bit, I believe women can achieve amazing things when they put their mind to it and surround themselves with positive and encouraging people. I love nothing more than running with friends, swimming in the sun on my back, or riding to take in a view of a coastline or a mountain edge. I guess it's my me time. I love my family and work hard too, but I, when I exercise, I tend to reconnect with myself, my thoughts, and my body, a relationship I've been working on for a decade now. I am a mum with two children, Mr. Minnie and Miss Diva. My husband, Mr. Iron Chick, has been competing in triathlons for over, Ironman triathlons for over 20 years. Exercise is, is a part of our family's daily life. I'm a teacher by trade and still love working with kids. The key element of education is about building relationships, feeling small successes, and using these to strive further and achieve. How beautiful these concepts align with sport. Perfect. So, sounds like she's a pretty phenomenal woman, and Belle has obviously been very inspired by her, so check out her website, Iron Chick, .com.au and Kath, you are our age, age group of the week. week. She's got a little link off there to a cafe in Kona that I never knew anything about. The Holy Lokoa Cafe and Gardens. Sort of looks like it's above Kona up there on the Belt Highway. Worth checking that out. That's going on the list. Check, check, check it out, Jumbo. Yeah. yeah. Nice work. Okay then. So that's our age group of the week. Jumbo, what's next up on the notes here? A bit of website action. Yeah, let's, let's just say it. Website of the week. I'm thinking you did your race and you gave yourself a C plus because I did see you did a 124 on that run. Yeah, I did think what's what's happening there, Jumbo. Yeah, that's a bit weak. Yeah, because I was thinking what 119 would have been happy. Oh, that would have been a pretty good run. Okay, so 124, and I, and I noticed your websites here are, are both very much based on pacing times. Yes, yeah, so, well, the, these are two websites that I refer to, and then the, the website domains are, are I think, are pretty tricky to, to remember. It's basically the Jack Daniels formula and the marathon, the V-dot. Yeah, the marathon pace charts. So these are these are just I don't know. I was, I was clutching at straws this week when I was pulling up content, and I thought, what websites do I use an awful lot? And these are the two there because often you know trying to we've, we've talked about this before, trying to predict what sort of times you can do um, for for a marathon or whatever is quite tricky. And then a while back, I sort of tried to do a piece on how to predict what your Ironman runtime was going to be. And this is a really simple way of doing it. If you've done a, you know, the Jack Daniels for me, you just go onto this website, which is uh, runbayou.com slash jackd.html. And you can basically just go on there. If you've done an accurate 10K or a 5K, you can plug that in. You need to have done a pretty hard 5K. Yeah. You know, like... I get frustrated. I tell somebody to go and do a 5K time trial. Yep. Um, newbies. And they'll come back and do it. Said, yep, did that. You know, I think I probably could have pretty easily carried on for 10K, another 10K at that pace. And I was like... Well, that's not your fastest 5K. That's fastest 5K. No. And that's the only problem with the VDOT is the VDOT, it really needs to be someone who knows how to push hard for 5Ks and actually get like a really kind of aiming for a PB kind of time. Yeah. So... It, uh, yeah, you're ne- best off to go and do a race and it needs to be accurate because if you're doing a 5K and it's 500 metres difference, it's going to make quite a significant uh, difference to your time. So, but what Jack, Jack, Jack Daniels has done, if you don't know much about Jack Daniels, he's kind of one of the greatest thinkers in the sport of running. 
and he doesn't drink too much alcohol. It's not no. the same guy. And um, and what he did is he created a formula called the V dot, and the V dot basically says you can put, you can do it for any time really, but five yeah. k is what you do. And let's say you do a five k race. Give me a time. Give me a time. Let's say 20, 20 minutes and thirty seconds of five k. Okay, great. So so what you're looking at is you, you know you go out and you and you and you know, it's not you know I just ran five k's in there. It's I gave myself you know just absolutely blitz myself for five k's, and then what based on that. It's it's through his experience and some calculations he's came up with. He gives you the idea of where you should be able to sit at greater distances. So, mm-hmm. if based on twenty and a half minutes, Jumbo, if you've done five k's for that, what do you think you could do? What around about ten k? Forty two or around about exactly forty two and fifty seconds. Okay, well, it doesn't have to be five k. You know, might have a ten k time or you might have a half marathon yeah. time. With this website, you can just plug in whatever your best. Say you pick out your best running performance you've ever done and you want to try to figure out what you can do for a marathon so if it was a 2030 for a 5k that predicts you 4250 for a 10 and then 317 for a marathon if you train specifically for that marathon and I found it to be incredibly accurate um, if you train specifically for that if you keep doing 5k training and you want to go and do a marathon chances are you probably might struggle to do a 317 but if you built up and did a good build up. And so then then what you can do, if you're not going to do a marathon as part of your build up for an Ironman, or you're still not quite sure what you can do, surely you've probably done a 10K or half marathon and you can give yourself a sort of starting point. Say, well, that's around about, you know, for this person who might run 2050, chances are I'll run 317 to 320 ballpark for, for a marathon. And so if I was going to do a Ironman, probably... You'd be really stretched to go under 345. So 345, 350 would probably be um, a very, very good day. And then from there, you can go, okay, right, you go to my second website. So I've got two websites. Well, I think the cool thing about it is like you can even go that way. So let's say you've done, I've just put in here a 320 marathon. You've done a 320 marathon, but you've never really done like your best 10K or you've never really tried to do a fast half. It gives you the other side of it, so you could go back down and say, okay, mm. well, my half marathon should be somewhere around about a, three, a 1.36. But the other cool thing about it is then if, by, if you put these calculations in there, then it gives you a training zone, so you can go to your, your you know, objective and just talks about interval, threshold, repetition, marathon, and easy pace. And so when you're doing your pacing sessions, you can actually get out there and base your pacing sessions on these figures, can't you? Totally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can realise where your strengths and weaknesses are. You might be an axe at 5K and you'd be a marathon time's just crappy yeah. and you can figure out you know what you just give yourself a good realistic example of you know what is a good time for me it just helps to make it a bit more scientific doesn't it mm. yeah and so once you've figured out your, you know, if, you're, if you're going sort of from the 5 or 10k up to marathon and then you want to actually you go right well for me you know Ironman pace is going to be uh, 3 hours 45 3 hours 50 that's sort of going to be best case scenario and I don't want to go any quicker than that then I've got another website here which I'm not going to read the name out for but it's I'll basically I'll put it on our, our website the, the, the imtalk.me it's basically marathon pace charts and it's really simple so you can quickly it's the best one on the net it's so ugly looking but it's always the one yeah. you go to isn't it and you just um, plug in your time so you go right Ironman pace for me is going to be if we're talking kilometres just click on the for, for us 42 kilometres and I want to go for a three hour 50 and then boom, just calculate five minute 27 per K. Great. And it just gives you a reality check. If I, for a lot of people, when they get this news, they, they say, right, I'll do 2030 for a 5K. What am I going to do for Ironman? And you say, right, you go out there and try and run five minute 27, five minute 30 per K. And they're going to go, I can't run that slow. Yep. But you say, well, that's what it's going to be like. That's what's going to happen. So it just gives you a good idea of what race pace is really going to be and how 
not fast it may be. And it's one. Of, it's really ultimately it's just a great control tool, isn't it? Mm. You know, like as you say, you don't feel that slow at the beginning of an Ironman marathon or any marathon really. And uh, but if you can learn to have that control and pace in that first, you know, two thirds, then and ideally you should be able to run well to the end mm. or run better. Mm. <laughs> so yep, check 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 it out, guys. I'll put the links to those on www.iamtalk.me. Okay, John, John's project 2014 update. What's the story? So. If people want to check out, I put up a race plan before the race in Ashburton on my blog on coachjohnproject2014.com and then put up a race report that was moderately... John, I I read your race report. Yeah. I have to admit. I'm wondering why you worried about having blisters in your race report. Blisters, no. Well, because it's basically a template. that What I've worked off is a template that I give to athletes. So I was trying to replicate me being a coached athlete by me and they basically fill in this form okay. did you get any blisters because no. I was curious to see why you put no blisters in yeah. there it seemed like I an didn't odd get any blisters. didn't okay. get any blisters so it was a Rolf Prima half Ironman which is part of the South Island Sports Festival which is part of the ultimate triathlete.co.nz okay. if you win that series you are the ultimate triathlete and what do you get if you win we got a towel at the weekend and a medal but I don't know if you, if you win you get to call yourself the ultimate triathlete I know but do you get like anything it's just prestige. Okay. I think prestige. Yeah, I'm pulling up the website now. So anyway, uh, race C plus for performance, probably a, probably a B plus for application. You, it seemed as though when I read your report that you had a pretty crappy day out there, but you felt you held strong in the crappy mm. day. So basically I was solo all day and was pushing all day to hit my sort of minimum targets and you know, normally in a race, you have some periods where you feel fine, you feel good, and you can just roll along for a bit. But for me, pretty much every minute of the race, I was having to concentrate to just to keep up my efforts. So it was um, I wasn't disappointed in my performance or my effort. I was just disappointed that I didn't feel better. Uh, what do you put it down to? Oh, I just, never, you had been feeling good. I had been feeling good. I had a crappy week all week. I did a, a, a simulation the weekend before, and that went really well. And I was on fire on the the run, just going, "Geez, man, this is you know, this is how I felt in Auckland and how I felt in Hawaii." And I thought, if I can replicate this next week, I'll be I'll be sweet. But then I was dead all week, really sore, um, pretty much all week, and that sort of carried across to the race. So, objectives for the swim. A small objective was to, right, I don't want to get beaten out of the water by Richard Usher or Chris McDonald. That's just a prestige thing. Okay. And, uh, oh, what happened to Chris? He didn't end up racing. Oh. His bike was racked and then he didn't end up racing. But uh, he was just arrived in the country like the day before. So oh, fair enough. Um, he was coming out to his brother as a race director. So, so anyway, uh, failed miserably in that objective. Smoked the first 100 metres of the swim thinking, this is pretty easy. Why aren't these guys going any quicker? And then I jumped on someone's feet and then uh, pace went on and I just got spat out the back and then Richard Usher came past me a couple of hundred metres later and, uh, and I, I, I stood on his feet for a while. I was just like, jeez, I just can't keep this up. Oh, really? And, uh, and he dropped me. And so that was pretty bad. But, you know, swam really swam as hard as I could and wanted to. It just wasn't very fast. And then got on the bike. I think my Garmin said average of nine degrees centigrade on the bike. Um, and yeah, it was just hard work. Had my full skins top on. That worked pretty well. I had to put a vest over the yeah, top. You saw the vest, yeah. So I had a tri-suit, a full-length top, and a, a vest. And, and did you mean still, helmet? I had my mean helmet. I had a few comments on that. Borrowed it off Murray, the Holy Hammer Lapworth. Oh, did you? Yeah, it looks pretty and sharp. And so the bike 
chugging along. I was aiming, my, my minimum sort of standard was to try to average 265 watts. Um, and I, ideally, I was sort of hoping I'd be around 275. First lap, I was 269. Second lap, I was 269. Third lap, I was 260. But, oh, man, I was working hard. Really? It's just like, jeez, man. Was it, mentally, was it getting at you? Because, uh, you know, like a bit. when you're having those days where it's just not there mm. – and you know you, you you're pushing numbers that you know you can maintain, but it's such an effort to maintain it. It does start to kind of chip away at you, doesn't it? It was, and I was. Um, but but the good thing was the, the weekend before and in the other races that I'd done, I'd pushed really hard on the bike this year and still got off and run really really well. So I was still pretty optimistic I was going to to run well. Uh, I was getting spanked by the guys up the front because they had a, and it's not an excuse. Um, it's just an observation that yeah they had a pace line of four of them going because yeah. they were just crushing me. And one of them was Yancey. Yancey was a team man. He came past me on the bike and rode up to them, and then he just smacked them on the the third lap of the bike. So they. Uh, oh, they did really he? cranked it, yeah, and uh, they rode fast. So my, my average speed, our average speed was pretty good. It was thirty eight point two five k's an hour. Yep, and those guys put a lot of time into me. Uh, but that wasn't I wasn't too stressed about that at all. And got off on this thinking, right, get off and I'll, I'll have a good run here. Got off the bike, bloody ice block feet, you know. It was uh, everybody's saying it was it was really hard to get going on the run. And the other thing with the run that I was concerned about before the race is there was a lot of uh, Two thirds of it probably was off road. You're running on sort of shink, quite bumpy sort of shingle tracks, and I'm hopeless at running on that. And so that just compounded things, and I, I know struggled on the run. So around the first lap, it was going okay. Sort of um, had ups and down periods. Once I got three k in, I sort of started to get into it a bit, and then uh, and then it sort of just turned into the bike again a bit. You know, it's just a bit of a battle, and yeah, last three k I kind of threw the towel in a bit. Yeah, I didn't throw it in, but I probably you know dropped maybe 10 seconds per K um, down. So, yeah, it was just one of those days that was uh, just a battle all the way through. But so so where did you get overall? Fifth. Okay. Which is, you know, even if I had a good race, I might have got fourth. Yeah. So I wasn't, yeah, yep. wasn't too concerned about. But some really good things, you know, I tried to, one of my big strategies was to try a new nutrition plan and that worked really, really well. Um, so what was that? So on the, had my, my Generation UCAN before the race and my Extreme Endurance Hydro X. And then on the bike ride, I had at had two bottles of Infinite. And what I was trying to do is get away, away a bit more from just having all sugary products. And normally, you know, I'd do, say, just all gels and, and sports drink and water and, and Coke and stuff. This time I just had the two bottles of Infinite. And then on the bike, I had a M's Power Cookie Bite at the 30k mark and then the 45k mark I had a little mix of Generation UCAN which is this new product that I'm trying and then at the 75k mark I had another thing of M's um, power cookies as well so just trying to go for some slightly lower GI food and that worked really well and then on the run course uh, I was I did have a couple of gels I dropped all my gels I didn't realise I was running oh, along no. 5k and went right time for gel Ah, oh, whoops, it's easy. But anyway, picked up some gels on the course, so that was all good. But yeah, really pleased with that. No, pro- probably I had no GI issues whatsoever, and, and I don't think I've ever done a half or a full where I've had you know, no GI issues. Some of it hasn't been particularly extreme, but it was uh, that worked really well. So that was pleasing. Pretty pleased with my application, you know, just stuck at it most of the day, and just, you know, it's just one of those days where you don't feel great, and in hindsight, you know, it's a long way out from Ironman, didn't prepare specifically for it, didn't taper at all for it, so they're just you know, reasons why it perhaps didn't go so well, so I'm not too stressed about it. Good, good hard hit out. There many people racing? 
Yeah, it was a pretty reasonable number. Yeah, great. Yeah. I was cussing on the bike because they had a short course race on the same time. Yeah. And I was going, those wankers are all drafting. And were they? <laughs> and they were. And then afterwards somebody said, oh, you were allowed to draft. It was draft legal. Oh, okay. <laughs> didn't tell us. <laughs> oh, so you were allowed to draft as well? No, we weren't. Oh, just in the short course. But anyway, it was hard doing it. 90k, where the race is, is Ashburton, and it's pretty long straight roads. There's no, there's nobody on the course. There's no traffic. There's no people. There's obviously athletes out there, but it was it was hard work doing a 90k solo TT when you're not feeling awesome. What does that kind of? Is there any doubt that comes with that? With my race, yeah. Like, does uh, it? Does, you know, like I know you've been training well to this yeah, point, um, but you know, like you, you do want to have. I know it was never an A race, but still. No, it just it highlights some areas I need to work on. So I'm I'm not I mean it's not being arrogant, but you know if, if I even race worse than that, I should still be absolutely fine for qualifying yep. in Taupo. I'd have to race a lot better than that to qualify in Auckland. in Auckland. But having looked at that, you know, so I was 20 minutes behind Richard Usher, which is quite a long way. Yeah. But then I looked at uh, a pretty good race. I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. And that was smoking. Um, when I looked at the Auckland results, um, the guy's name who I couldn't remember last week, and now I can't remember it again, Brody, Brody Magwick. So he won, he smoked our age group, won it by 10 minutes, and he was 20 minutes behind Bevan and those guys, um, and then he was won our age group by 10 minutes. So even if I raced like I did there, I don't think I'd beat him on that performance, but I still... I think I'd be right up there. But in terms of qualifying in Taupo, not concerned about that. I guess the area of... Do you know, con- do you know how many slots there are in your age group? In Auckland? No, in Taupo. Uh, no, because i got more 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 this so it year. Be like six, but it'll yeah. be yeah, five, yeah. five, maybe six. Yeah. But probably the areas of concern for Kona is I've got to get my swim up quite a lot. I'll be fine for Taupo, um, but I've been pretty slack on my swim, and I've recognised that, and, and that was sort of part of the plan. But and When Usher passed you... I wouldn't have expected to be munched in front of him. I would have expected I should probably be sitting on my feet yep. when I'm in good swim shape. That's sort of the ability that where I think I need to be at. So that's probably the one area where I need to need to really pick up my game. But when, like, you know, as you say, you'll be fine for Taupo. When do you start to really, you know, because swim, you know, it's that whole, a lot of time, the return on investment's not huge, but you need to mm. do it for a Kona type of race. Yeah. So when do you actually start to really start to pick up your swim load? Oh, I'd just be in the build-up, probably sort of 16 so, okay, weeks out, great. crank the swim squad. I think you know, if I start doing three 5K sessions a week, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll get there. Yeah. So not, not really too concerned because I know my biking you know, over winter is, is where it needs to be at and I know my running from the other races is when I'm feeling good. It's, it's just a matter, a matter of getting the timing right and getting and actually tapering for the race. Like I was doing Mount Pleasant Hill reps on Wednesday and the race yeah. was on Saturday. So, yeah, not, not too concerned, but obviously would have liked a good race. But sometimes a, a bad race is a good kick in the pants and um, that's what you need. Yeah, totally. Hmm. And uh, so Usher, incredible. So firstly, his swim was was pretty good. Like he ended up beating me out of the swim by a minute, and I was three minutes behind Dylan McNeese, which is probably not terrible. Yeah, I probably should be a bit closer. But like McNeese is one of the best swimmers in the game. Well, he's one of the best swimmers in the world yeah. in triathlon. And so for Richard Usher to only be two minutes behind him, that was pretty good. And then he rode up to them, and they had a pace line, and they were they were mixing the pace up a bit but he had no troubles but then he got off and ran a 114 yeah and this is this is an accurate course like I'm, I'm i'm i think i was a little bit late starting my watch and it had a few twists and turns and i think i measured it at 20.93 yep. and so that's within the margin of error yeah. and for him to run a 114 on not sealed roads uh was pretty impressive not under any pressure as well so like if he'd been under pressure maybe he could have run a 113 or something there's not many guys that run that fast you know 
if it had been a sealed roads, you know, he might have even run like one twelve. I mean, like, it was it was impressive. So John Boo, like Usher's a funny one, isn't it? Usher, for those who don't know, Usher Richard Usher is one of New Zealand's you know top endurance athletes, and he's really made a career in, in you know the more the multi sport type racing and those long course races, and he's won the coast to coast, which is an iconic New Zealand race, quite a few times, and and he kind of dipped his toes in the water of mm-hmm. Ironman a few years ago, and, and and achieved some pretty success, you know, well, won Wanaka and well, we went a challenge right, went eight oh two I think or something like that, Second you know, third. and then just kind of thought no I'll go back to multi-sport well what do you think he would have done if he if he'd just gone you know what I'm in next five years well Axel who, who's one of our local coaches was harping on to me before the race oh he's going to swim really well he's going to do going to do really well and I said well yeah he's, he still hasn't won't have it in the swim and it was exactly as I pointed out you know first hundred meters he was behind me and I'm not in anything yeah. special swim shape and so he was already dropped from the group so he's always going to be in that position where He's going to be isolated coming out of the swim, and so he's going to have to work harder on the bike than the others. And then, but he's a very good runner. But he's he's as good as Cameron Brown and all those guys on the bike. But you know they're going to be riding with others, and it's just so much harder when you're not when you haven't got anybody to ride with. So how good a could have been? Well, he went eight oh two, so I don't think he could have been a lot better than that. You know, if he goes yeah. into under eight hours, then he's in the top. 33 guys in the history ever. of the sport yeah. ever. Yeah. So the main reason for him is just financial. You know, he, he goes to over to China and does some multi-sport races over there and that's, you know, that's his income. Yeah. You know? And like I, I said, oh, you should come down and do my house travel race in a couple of weeks, the Christchurch <laughs> Casino Elite Cup. So oh, yeah, you could win 1,500 bucks. And he's, he was interested and he goes, oh, no, going over to Australia doing the Mark Webber Challenge. I don't know if you've seen that on TV before, but no, it's a but- multi-day sort of team race and him and, Braden Curry are going to go do that, and you know, if they win that, that's twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. So that's how Max is living, doing that stuff, and he is going to do Challenge Wanaka this year, and he will absolutely crush it if he's in shape. Is Chris McDonald doing Wanaka? Not that I, I don't. He could be. I don't. Because he's won it before. Chris McDonald. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. Won it. Um, so. The question, he's had quite a few health issues over the last few years, like been getting quite overtrained and quite sick. Yeah. Yes. So he seems like he's, you know, he said he's he's back at, back on form and he's going to button off a bit now and then bring it back up for Wanaka. So and is he going to do coast? Didn't ask that question. I doubt it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. But never know. Who knows? Well, it's obviously a very talented man, you know, like obviously mm. just, you know, you know, you, you know. To be honest, who's the other guy who we've seen who's crossed over to Ironman? You know, other than short course guys, you know, a multi sporter who's gone mm. over and done Ironman and been successful. I, I can't recall any names. I'm sure there are, but I still did saw him swing past me and it kind of just he was just muscling through the water. You know, yeah. <laughs> just sort of see, just bashing his way through. Yeah, but no. Hey, Very impressive. He, you. he did. And I bet you when he passed you, it kind of hurt. I was like, I've got to be able to hang on to his feet. And then like I did for a while, I was like, oh God. And then that, you know when they just start drifting away? Yeah. And then you give yourself another 100 and you just get back on and then you just got back on and then you crack in. It's like, oh God. It was a long way to the first boy, man. It was like, yeah, it was obviously about a K to the first boy. It was like, God. And it just, and it, once they, like I remember I was doing Wanaka one time and uh, and I, 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 I had to, you know, I always swam better than my ability when it comes to racing because I was pretty good at drafting. And I got into the last corner and I was drafting in a pack that, that I shouldn't have been with. And then I just fell off the back of someone's feet. And it must have cost me two or three minutes just losing mm. that pack in that last bit. And you see them just fly off into the distance and yeah. it just demoralizes you, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So, oh well. Oh well, John. That C plus, the next one's going to be an A plus. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Just need the application. Uh, it's. it's 
it's hard when you're racing by yourself, you know, like in, again, in Auckland and one, uh, Auckland and Kona, you know, I had some people around me for, to push to, you along, to keep you along. So you're not constantly just focusing on your effort. You're constantly, you're focusing on, right, don't draft, keep the effort up, but you can sort of switch things around and it just saves so much mental energy. So. Well, it's also that thing where people are in front of you and they're slowly drifting ahead. It takes you, it can have the ability to take you to a bad mental place where mm. you're doubting yourself. Mm. And I know you're quite a process driven athlete, but all of us at times, oh, yeah. are, you know, are confronted by that. And so, it's um yeah that definitely makes it more challenging. Jumbo sponsor, so extreme endurance. Did how, the race? How was your lactic buffer? Well, again, the race it's, extreme endurance fantastic. It's not going to get you from zero to flipping qualifying for Kona if you're doing 15 hours. But the big thing for me is after the race. You know, I, I race. I, I didn't gave myself a seven out of ten for level of fatigue at the finish. But you know, I was racing pretty hard. My legs were getting pretty sore out there um on the run. Did a did a warm down spin. Next day, legs are tired, but no dramas. Yesterday did an hour and a half run, no dramas. So really? next next very, very little muscular um soreness. Quads were just a little bit sore, but again, relative to what I would normally have after a race, this is nothing. Like I, I wouldn't be able to do anything probably in, or anything remotely constructive until probably a week after the race mm. whereas now I've just got to go right just chill out I've, I feel like I could go out training today and actually push it but I've just got to chill out and just relax let my body recover but it basically just comes down to the extreme endurance um, in terms of just minimising your muscle soreness after a race I have found in other races I've got a real boost just this week was just one of those days where it just wasn't sort of going to plan but for in terms of the recovery awesome and I had the uh, had to execute straight after the race as well. Part of my race plan, I had my little uh, my little chiller bag there with my, my ice slicker pads in there with my milk because it was a Ashburton's about an hour and a half away from where we live, and so and there's nothing out there. So I had my little milk in there and got my execute after the race with my execute bottle and my little gizmo yep. thingy jig in there and cranked that down after the race. Did my little warm down with that. So yeah, if you want again, that's what's really important for me is. This always was going to be a training race, testing out my run-walk, testing out the nutrition, hoping the performance was going to be good, but those were probably the two areas which I did want to, to test out and also didn't want to taper and then have to wait ages to get back into training. So for me, training race, job done, can get back into training sort of in, within a couple of days, easy training, and uh, as opposed to in the past, takes ages to recover. What is the feedback we get from a lot of people? I actually got someone asking me the other day what, you know, when we first, because remember when we first took Extreme Endurance on as a sponsor and people were a little bit like, oh, you know, something yeah. and all the rest of it. And they said, oh, what was that like? And I said, what was really interesting was that it, it, the product works. And so, mm. you know, while they, when we first took it on, people were a bit kind of sceptical. Once everyone started using it, it's, it's never been a problem. And that's true. The feedback we get from you guys is that, you know, you love the product. It seems to work and it makes you train better. And ultimately, that's what we want as athletes. So check it out, guys. Extreme Endurance, xendurance.com. For Kiwis listening, I've now got uh, plenty of stock in and it's $55 New Zealand if you want to buy it off me and $3 shipping and that's cheaper than what you can get it if you bulk order from the States. So. And uh, you, may, you may be four tablets short. Four uh, tablets you know, short, yeah. But, but hey, it's worth it. <laughs> okay, questions and answers. A pop quiz, John. Pop quiz. Who finished third in Kona in both the male and female this year? I'll repeat that. Who finished third in Kona for both the male and female? I got the check straight away. I had to sit there and th- I was just because I was just again just padding for content here, and I was just that took me a while to get the guy. I got there eventually, but it took a while. Happy, I can't even think of either of them. Yeah, so Rennie won. 
Yeah. We must do it now. Rennie won. And then Joycey. Joycey, yeah. And then third. So I doubt you get it. So I'll give you it. Was it the American Girl? Should we, do we do the no, answers now? Um, Bl- Kate Blanchard or whatever it was. Kate Blanchard. She's an actor. No, what was her name? Blatchford. Yeah, Blatchford. Yeah, Blatchford. So she was third. Well done. Yeah. yeah. And then guys, we had Freddie, Luke. And then who came in third? Who came in third? Did anyone run up? No. Um, really? Um... How bad is this? No, I was exactly the same. It took me a while. Okay, well, let's go. Well, let me think about it. Okay, we'll go to so, so we've got a question here from Darren um, Schminsky, and it's got, I'm a second year triathlete. I've noticed some strange things happened last year. The other day, I was in an Olympic distance race picked. Pick up. A pick up. Uh, pick up. Pick up. A pick up. Pick up. Mm. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Where someone needed an explanation of how triathlon worked. How do I get? Well, how do I do it with my goggles when I'm uh, done swimming? What do I do with yeah. my goggles? Last year, about uh, to go into the water for a half Ironman, I noticed someone behind me wearing no goggles, but he was wearing a race for a t-shirt with his number pinned to it. Going into the swim. Yeah, going into the swim, that's not good. Do you think that with the increasing popularity of swimming, I mean, of triathlon, more people are turning up to races having no idea what they are doing and are getting in way over their heads? Jumbo, your thoughts? I definitely think that's happening. Bevan's still trying to think of this third place. He's bumbling his way through this thing going, who who the hell did get third? Who got third? Who got second? Luke Bell. Mackenzie. Oh, sorry, Mackenzie, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway back to this question Uh, I do think this is a real problem and I don't know if there's any any solution really oh Sebastian Kent well done yeah yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's an easy solution for this. You know, whether whether the, the one solution they used to have in Australia that was quite good in terms of Ironman was you know you had to qualify via doing some half Ironmans in Australia. Yeah, and and the, I thought that was quite. There was the way, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was even then, good. I think yeah, yeah, you had to even qualify for a half Ironman, wasn't it? But that was because of supply and demand, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, mm. but still, it's a good thing. Mm. But do you think many people are turning to Ironman without? You know, like I think maybe, you know, if we look for short course sprints, mm. you know, this is definitely a problem that we need to probably be aware of in the sport or at least race organisers need to be aware of. Um, but I don't think many people are turning up to an Ironman having no knowledge. I think they turn up drastically underprepared, but I think they know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And the key thing is they can swim, mm. you know, because really, worst case scenario, the bike you pull out. Yeah, yeah. Worst case in the run, you don't finish. You know, like, yeah. but you, it's this one where if there's any danger, there's a concern. So, um, and I think that also with with that, you know, you're chunking over a fair chunk of money for an Ironman. If you could, you got to, if you're doing that, you're going to go, geez, seven hundred fifty bucks. Do I know what I'm doing here? Yeah. I would hope so. I don't know. No, I don't think there's many Ironman, but definitely, yeah, it is interesting. But then, what do you do in that situation? You just got to, from a race organiser point of view, you just got to provide the best information you can. You know, I just, for me, for the race that I've got on, I reinforce to people, make sure you go out there and have a swim before the race and uh, and just get used to swimming in the open water because that's a, a thing a lot of people don't do with the short course racing, swim in the pool, and then they'll just go in the open water and just freak out. But, yeah, but like, do we do so ask? Public responsibility, uh, personal responsibility. Yeah, but do you ask, have you done a race before? Mm. 
put a big black cross on their race numbers. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, um, Ed Hawkins sent through a good question. Um, as always, love the show, and I've enjoyed last week's interview on racing in the heat, and I have to say I'm very interested in getting hold of some of those uh, float bottles. So float bottles, this was a while ago. I wanted to ask John a quick question referencing to training in the heat. As you guys know, I live out here in Abu Dhabi, um, you, Dubai, even. You, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, UAE in the middle of the desert, and it gets very hot, very hot. In fact, this afternoon he was riding in 40 degrees centigrade around 11 a.m. Wow, that's pretty hot. The funny thing is, is that when you talk to anyone about this, they always say, ah, but it's dry heat here, isn't it? Well, no, not really. Quite often the humidity can get as high as 80 in the 80s, and if you're running around the main man-made lakes, it can hit up to 90. Add to that that the air temperature is at least the mid-high 30s, and you've got a mixture for tough training conditions. This being the case, there is a strong triathlon community out here, and many of us race Ironman. We deal with it by getting super early, getting up super early, 2am for long rides and runs, etc. It often crops up in the conversation that training in this kind of heat while hard is really good for you and actually makes you going back to Europe for summer races easier. Is this really the case or does it just fatigue you more and therefore in turn lead to needing more recovery time? Equally with this in mind, I often find with my cardio is good going back to a cooler climate but I struggle to run fast as I should. Would it be a good idea to place some intervals sets indoors on the treadmill prior to leaving for a race? Where is the best place to insert this if this is the case? Thanks for your time and as always keep up the shows. It's a highlight of my training week. I also think I need a nickname change from the Yovel Yodler. Yovel Yodler. Yodler. Yeah. As I'm now living here in Dubai. You must have Yeovil is an interesting place, mate. You go there. That's really? interesting. Yeah. yeah. Backward? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you ding, people ding, in Yeovil. Ding, 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 uh, So I don't have an amazing uh, – sports science guys, if you're listening um, – all our sports science friends, <laughs> Paul Larson, and you, you crowd up there. Have you got any questions? Have you got any advice in terms of training in the heat for racing in the cool? I can't think of any suggestions, but I would say if I was in your position, Ed, I would be doing a fair chunk of work on the treadmill. On the treadmill, that yeah. would be the one area I'd be doing. I'd be doing. Uh, I mean, I don't do a lot of crazy ass intervals anyway, but I'd be doing plenty of half Ironman pace and slightly above that you know up to anaerobic threshold work on the interval on the, on the uh, treadmill. treadmill that would be probably the one thing that I would I would really do because I just don't think how much would you control the climate of the treadmill you know because you can do it in air conditioning I'd be trying to keep it as cool as possible so I can go I'm not trying to tax my I'm not trying to acclimatise these these guys will be acclimatised outside well they need to acclimatise just just hot I, I'd be trying to stay as, as cool as I could within reason it's never going to be freezing cold inside, but I'd be looking to hit, you know, particular times. And uh, well, do you look at the temperature of the race? You, you know, might be doing a race where it's going to be thirteen degrees centigrade, so you could try bring your. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, don't, don't know either. Actually, no. I think you'd be really challenged to do that. You know, if you're trying to keep it, how cold do you keep it inside the gym? I don't know. They've got they've got pretty awesome air conditioning, but mm. they got amazing air conditioning where it can figure out temperature of the room in it. Steadies it out, but, yeah. but it's so, millions of dollars. So I would say that would be the one big thing I'd do. I'd probably in in that specific race preparation period, you know, sort of twelve to fifteen weeks out, I'd probably be doing two treadmill sessions per week. Got to figure out a way to keep them interesting, and by 
by having a, a an interval workout in there. I think you could do that, but I would certainly be spending a, a fair amount of time on that. John, I have to say, the guys in Dubai, um, Dubai, sorry, mm. and and you know United Emirates, how do you say it? United Arab Emirates, Arab, Arab Emirates. Um, those guys, you guys are phenomenal. Like Ironman training in itself is a stupid sport, but to get up at two in the morning, you know, just so you can get your long run runs and rides in. Respect, guys, because that's 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 pretty amazing. It just comes down to routine, though, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's, that's a pretty crazy routine. Mm. You know, like I know you could pull it off, but you know, like let's say you're on it twice a week because you've got a long ride and a long run. Mm. Well, what time do you go to bed? Six. Mm. You know, and you're not going to come, come home and have a sleep. You're going to yeah. ride until bloody six in the morning, go home and then go to you know get changed, and go to work. Mm. That's a full on day, man. That's pretty impressive, and so. Well done, guys, because I know we've got quite a few listeners over there and uh, just well done because it is pretty impressive if you ask me. Mm. You know, like it's one thing to sit on a wind trainer for six hours. Like that would do my head and we're yeah. very lucky in Christchurch that we can train pretty much all year round and we know there's a lot of guys out there who, you know, winter, you just can't train outdoors. So I, I understand that. But then to add that middle of the night training, it's just phenomenal. So well done. It's bloody it's awesome. It's almost as phenomenal as you getting the quiz right. I did it right, didn't I? You did. Yeah, so I was pretty happy with that, to be honest. Who um, finished fourth? Uh, what in the boys? Mm. You've opened a can of wounds here. Yeah. Someone knows. Yeah, Do someone you want me to look up the answers? Yeah, I'm just trying to think who finished fourth. Because Meredith Kessler faded pretty quickly. On uh, Yvonne Van Vlerken was fourth in the girls. Yes. Because she faded. She got cramps. Guys, side of things. Who's another cyclist? It was a cyclist, wasn't it? Uh, I've got it. James Canada. It was too. He ran through. What about fifth? Fifth. Who got fifth? Oh, wow. I didn't realise he got fifth. <laughs> Tim O'Donnell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I probably wouldn't have got that. No, I wouldn't have got Tim that. Tim O'Donnell. O'Donnell, sorry. Mm. And then the girls. Never, I can't do it by gender. I can do it by gender. Fifth on the girls. Fifth on the girls was. Oh no, it's still close. No, I'm not going to get that. Um, apply. Waiting, waiting. Oh, it's, no run there. Waiting, no. No, no. Hold, hold. <laughs> Stop giving it to me. It's not not no. working for you. No, it's not working. Right here. A girl got fifth. Nice work, Bevan. Okay, Jumbo sponsors. Coffees of Hawaii. Get the new coffee. Big wave. Big wave. Time team. Athlinks.com. Um, People are in Arizona. Arizona. Yes. Nice. Extreme endurance. John's got good legs. And <laughs> training picks in SLS. And they're really good. Yeah. Jumbo, this probably hasn't been our best show of all time, to be no. honest. I've no. been six still. Next couple of weeks are going to be pretty ropey. I'm, next week's probably going to be even shorter. We're lucky if we pump out now. Why? I've got my race coming up and it gets... It's really quite... You race? The race I'm organising. Weekend after next. Uh, puts a lot of what pressure what on my What about time. Legends? Have you sorted that out? There may not be a November Legends show. What do you mean? No, we need to get it out because otherwise Iron Tunes get rid of us. Oh. You've got to get a show out every six weeks at least. And with Legends, you can't... Yeah, you've got to, we've got to get it out. It's going to be a struggle. Who, I thought we had Matt Brick. But we have got him at some stage. Uh, I'll see what I can do. If we're lucky, it, it may be coming out right at the end of the month because it ain't happening next week. <laughs> uh, okay, what, what other gosh you got? You went away, Bevan. It's all your fault. I went away? Yeah. 
Was it my fault? Well, you went away a while ago. Then, like we, then we sort of started full buying. It's all your fault. No, it wasn't my fault. Yeah, it was. Simon Lisson's fault. Yeah, it's, he, yeah, it's true. Bloody jury duty. Yeah, it was Lisson's put us, fault. Put us out of uh, put us out of kilter. Yeah. Okay, Jumbo. Whatever goss you got. What other goss? So what other goss? You ask me this every week, and all I basically do is work, train, and then I, if I've got spare time, I just want to hang out with my kids. That's all I do. This weekend I'm going to the race day actually. Uh, Friday. Back it up. Saturday, race day. Got the tickets all sorted. How much does it cost you to go? It's 75 bucks. 75 bucks just to go? Oh, that's a member stand. We don't uh, go to the paupers. We don't go to the paupers. No bloody peasants around yeah, you, mate. No, we it don't flies on you. No, we're in the... In the what do you get for stand. that? You just, Nothing. Oh, really? It's just you yeah. get, so you're in a member stand? Yeah. Wow. So, 75 bucks just... What, and so you're still going to buy alcohol? Yeah, but we've got a mate, mate who's got a car park there, so then we basically just send your alcohol in, so you save a lot. What is it? Can you go into the member stand, but you'd go to the car park? Well, so there's... There's car, car parking everywhere, and so they've got a car park, and so they were able to take their car in, which is right on the side of the track because they've been members for family sort of members for yeah. a long time. So they park up the car, you fill the car with booze and food, and so you, whilst you pay 75 bucks to get in, you can supply your own food and, uh, and alcohol, okay. so it works out. It's worthwhile. Is it a big day for Newsom? It is a big day. Do you get a bit trolleyed? I'll be getting too trolley. The suit will be coming out, though. So mm. it's coming out because you've got your Barker suit, haven't you? Got back soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and and do you have a gamble? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Three and twelve all day long. It's not, I don't like that as a strategy. It's a it's a winning strategy. It's not a fun strategy. Last year it wasn't. <laughs> Most years it is. <laughs> three and twelve. It's all you. <coughs> three and twelve all day long. <coughs> I get I get so frustrated. Why? Tell me about it. <laughs> I do three and twelve a day, and then I go next race. These guys are so far outsiders; I just can't do it. And, and then they they'll, they'll get a place. What's and the most I, you've ever won? Oh, I don't win much of the races. Uh-huh. Yeah, if I come out even, I'm wrapped. Do you have to go yeah. every race and meet, or do you just go at the beginning of the day and go three and twelve for every race? I'm not, I keep the excitement up. I go up every, every, every 12, race. Every, every race. <laughs> you again three and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> No, I sometimes pick some other ones, but I generally stick with three and twelve. My go. How much? How much a bet? I generally only do a couple of bucks each way. Because gambling like, must gambling must be a funny one for you because you're such a tight ass. Mm. Like you're tighter than I am, and I'm mm. tight. Mm. T- Joe's tighter than I am, and I'm tight, mm. and you're tighter than Joe is. So mm. there's a high level of tightness happening in this in this house right now, and you're pretty tight. But you like to gamble, and gamble mm. contradicts tightness oh, at, yeah. in all levels. Yeah. Got to be on to one. Yeah, and so when you're gambling. How do you allow the tightness to let go? Oh, you've got the opportunity there. Oh, it's the opportunity. It's the opportunity. The most I would do would be five bucks each way. So it's a 10 bucks. What's the most you've ever gambled? Not oh, I know in you're a like casino the casino yeah. or something like that. Have you ever gone crazy and gone like 100 bucks in? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. But that's allowing it to accumulate. So the strategy with blackjack, if you want go, a blackjack strategy, you start with one chip, and if you win, you double it up. And then if you win again, you double, but you take a little bit off. So you might, I might, if I if say I'm, I've won 15 bucks, I might put another 10 bucks on. So it's a 25 buck bet, but I take, you know, five or 10 off. Do you ever go, one. okay, I've won four in a row, stop now? Uh, because surely you don't win every hand. No, I generally just keep rolling. But that's that, Until I get to a point where I say, I'm okay, I'm out of here. What's the most you've ever won on blackjack? Oh, probably about 150. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You're a roller. Yeah. Well, stud take- poker's the best though. Won about five hundred on one of those games. What was that? Where you get five cards and you oh. put a few back. Oh, you like poker, do you? Oh yeah. Have you ever done like a tournament? Oh no, not that sort of poker. Oh, what's that poker? 
at the stud park you just is not 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 much skill. Oh, really? <laughs> the real park you gotta have some skill. Oh, dear. <laughs> I ain't got that. <laughs> oh. Not into that bluffing and all that stuff. Oh really? No. Uh. Bevan, we've got an interview in one minute. Okay. Well, do you not want to hear about my life? Sorry, go ahead. I've been sick, John. Yeah, I know. See, so there's your life. No, I had the work party. Yeah. I was really I'm sorry sick. I didn't make it. John. Sorry. I got in trouble with my missus at the work party. You got drunk with your missus? No, in trouble. And the reason was, we were at the work party, and Lesbian was put on this work party, and it was it was, it was, it was a members party, mm-hmm. and the theme was um, Great jo- Gatsby. Does Joe get a cheeky membership? No, she doesn't. She, she pays for it. Yeah. yeah. She, that out. she was a member when I met her. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> meet the members, that's how you do it. Yeah. And... Uh, and they had these girls cabaret dancing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, not yeah. wearing much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. out. Yeah. And uh, and one of them was pretty attractive. Yeah. And uh, starts cabaret dancing. You didn't go motorboating, did you? You said you got in trouble. You said you got in trouble. It's just. <laughs> He's just wondering why that trouble is. And we're also still waiting on your story. We're going to have to, somebody's calling us to do another interview in a minute. We're going to have to de- defer him so you can tell the your story. story. The other story, wait. Yeah. So, so one of the girls comes out, and there's about 10 of them. Mm-hmm. And one of them's like the leader, mm-hmm. and uh, quite a busty girl, you would say, John, and uh, quite an attractive young thing. Mm-hmm. And she's slowly, she's not stripping, mm-hmm. but respectable stripping is probably what you'd yep. say because keeps her clothes on. All the rest of it. So she's doing her bit. And then at the end of it, she comes up to me mm. and Joe's right next to me and just kind of does a hand down me, you know, like a, like mm. a little kind of cat purr. Mm. And and then Joe goes to me, were you flirting with her? And I'm like, oh my God, what have I done here? I've done nothing wrong. <laughs> and then, and, and, and Joe's not an insecure character. Joe's actually, you know, because I'm in a job where you're around a lot of women yeah. and, and sometimes you get, uh, you know, a bit of attention from girls, and Joe's very secure in our relationship, and I've, I've never experienced that before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I couldn't do anything, John. Like, it wasn't my fault. It's just, just that stubbly little face of yours just draws them in. <laughs> stubbly little face of mine. You know, Movember. Was that? You know, Movember. No. Oh no, my, that's a beard, John. It's oh. a beard. No, no, I'm just lazy. Um, so I got, I got to know. Well, in the end, she came around. She apologised the next day. Okay. She said that was unfair of me, and it was unfair of her because good. I did nothing, John. Yeah, good. It was one of those funny situations. You know, it's hard being a guy, girls. Now I'm going to explain. It's hard being a guy. Yeah, it really is because. You know, when, when guys, we do like the visual, don't we, John? Yes. We do like the visual. Yeah. And I think certain females understand that. And when you've got a bunch of 15, probably 10 girls, not mm. very much, mm. dancing in ways that are very suggestive, mm. and your partner standing next to you, what do you do, John? Mm. You look away. <laughs> you look away, but, yeah. you, but you have your peripheral vision yeah. on, don't you? You get some special Google glasses <laughs> that makes you look around corners. <laughs> <laughs> and and the problem is you can't enjoy the visual spectacle in front of you because you're so concerned about your partner. So I'm holding Joe's hand. I'm giving her the kiss occasionally oh, just to, to give her security. Not public. Well, not the dirty pet, but just yeah. you know, kiss her forehead. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I'm trying to look, but not look too hard. Yeah. And then she comes down and does the cat pair on me. I'm screwed. You've got to do the the hug and roll, and she's got it back to them, and then you can just. Put <laughs> oh, that's a strategy. <laughs> Next year, that's my strategy, that's John. A strategy. So there you go. So I got, luckily Joe came around and she was very good about it all. And uh, but it was one of those situations where you go, it's hard to be a man. 
And have you, uh, did you did she authorize the telling of the story about her? I forgot or not? to ask her. No, okay, so and it's not the kind of story I can just pull out my butt okay. because if I if I tell it and then someone goes to oh Bevan told that story on the show, mm. I'll be in trouble. Okay, yeah, don't want that twice in one week. No, exactly, because I don't get in trouble with Joe. I'm normally pretty good, and she's mm. been pretty good this week when I've been sick. Mm-hmm. You need a good woman beside you when you're sick, aren't you, John? That's right. You do need a good woman. Let's go find you. one of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's not going to help. Next yeah. time you're sick, you're going to go. Let's go. Oh, I heard that comment. Yeah. No, Joe's Joe's a bloody. I'm, I'm a lucky man, John. Good times. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Okay, I'm Russ. I'm a dope. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.